Welcome to Strategic Moves with Lou. I'm Mike Hendren, a local radio talk show host here in Wichita Falls, Texas. I'm also a licensed real estate agent. And the host for our show is Lou Italis. She's over here on the end. She is the owner broker of Strategic Realty here in Wichita Falls, Texas as well. And we're glad to be back together with you once again. And Lou has invited some more guests into the studio. Who do we have with us today, Lou? Well, we have First United, First United Bank, and this is... My name is Perry Curry. <laughs> and also and with also us... Brought- yep, my name is Bill Crutcher. Yep. And uh, we're glad to have Perry and Bill here with us. And uh, I, th- I think, no, we were going to talk a little bit about commercial lending, I think, today, were we not? Correct, yes. The last couple of lenders that we had, we talked about residential loans right. and how that works. And, and for investors, it's always a good, good, good to know how to get that commercial loan for that investment property that you want to purchase. Right. And these here are, are experts at that process. So <laughs> they've been doing it, I don't know, how, how many years have you been it's doing it? It's been several this? years we've been around in this banking, banking business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Perry, yeah. you've been in banking, what, 25 years now? At least. Yeah. Wow. Well, I remember him when he was at a competitive a competitor, bank. A competitor uh, bank. That's where I met him uh, some years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, we're, we're we're honored and glad we have Perry on our team over at First United Bank. Uh, Perry's a great, great lender, good commercial lender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. always, he always, he's he's the first lender that did one of my first properties that I purchased. Yeah, the first one that took me on as a as a client. Yeah, great ever since. Well, you know, we've seen some commercial growth in Wichita Falls quite a bit here recently, actually. In fact, uh, I I was just talking with our our chamber president, Henry Florsham, uh, uh, today, in fact. And we were talking about the fact that we're kind of running out of large industrial properties. Yeah. uh, 100,000 square foot plus for people to move into. You know, we've got you know, Pamlico Air has moved in into town. Uh, Panda Biotech is another big uh, commercial operation coming to Wichita Falls, and these companies are taking up all these big um, industrial uh, buildings. Um, I want to ask you guys, from a commercial lending standpoint, um, you know, we're, 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 it looks like we're getting to a point where we're going to have to start building some properties around here if we want to attract some companies to our city. Don't you think? Uh, you know, whichever one wants to yeah, take it, run. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike, you're right, and, and we have seen some commercial development here in the last few years, but not to the scale that we need to see. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've had some new apartment complexes come mm-hmm. in. Right, right. Thinking, oh, what's the one over off Lawrence Road? But yeah. but you're right with new industry coming in. Our housing, we've seen a slowdown in new construction in the last several years. Yes, but now we're starting to pick that back up. And, and to facilitate the, nece- the necessary housing, mm-hmm. housing for these people, yes, we're, we're going to have to start start some new construction. The strategic yeah. is building a little bit here and there. We've got about 20 more lots that we need to build on. Yeah. But um, that's one of those – that's one of the, that's a little bit different than a – I think what he's talking about as far as, like, commercial, full-on commercial buildings. But what yeah. you guys mainly do is commercial one-to-four – non-conventional lending correct yes that that's right okay. that's right okay. and then the difference the difference between a what you guys do and what uh let's say is it slate uh who's your slate who's your slate, 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 hodges. slate hodges slate hodges he does the residential side of it and he does the he does the, the conventional fhas and the vas so that he goes to the secondary market 
with we his look loans. at it as owner occupied and non owner occupied. We do basically the non the non owner occupied, mm-hmm. whether okay. it be multifamily, individual, single family investment properties, that kind of mm-hmm. okay. And your guys's rates uh, for like interest and stuff like that is pretty competitive with a gen- just a non commercial. I mean, a non-conventional type of loan. So your interest rates are like more. Li- I know it's it's kind of hard to talk about interest rates because it's all based on the individual. Right. They're not but as low as the secondary market loans. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're right. going to be a little bit higher. They're going to yeah. they're going to yeah. be probably like they're, at least a point or two. They're higher. a little higher. Also, the, we only fix them for five years instead of thirty. We'll amortize right. them over a longer term, fifteen, twenty years, mm-hmm. but you don't get the thirty-year fixed rate on these. Right. Investment but, you know, Perry, I, I think it's a good point that you ought to maybe explain. Yeah, explain. Talk about why we only fix a loan rate for five years versus a 30-year note. Basically, the, the bank does not want to take that long-term interest rate risk. So we'll, at the end of five years, assuming everything's great, you've made your payments, all we do is set back down, figure out a new rate for another five years, and go down the road. That process is pretty simple. Do you guys it's ever just, see that rate go down? Here late in the last, <laughs> if you would have got a loan five years ago compared to today, yeah. you'd be in you'd be in good shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or you'd like the bank a lot now. <laughs> There's been years past where it hasn't worked that way, but the <clears throat> rates have definitely gone down. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, I remember yeah. the first one that he did for me. He did it like six percent. Wow. <laughs> well, and, and the reason we, the reason we do that, I, I'm sure you guys remember back in the '80s, the savings and loans crisis. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had your savings and loans going in, or fixing these long rate, long term rates at a low interest rate, and we entered an inflationary period in which we saw the yield increase, and all of a sudden we got inverted on these, and mm-hmm. basically the savings and loans were upside down and yes. solvent. Yeah, we saw a lot of failures back then. A lot of uh, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And, and a, a lot of damage was done. And it took a little while to recover from that. Sure did. Yeah. I think some yeah. people went to prison. They certainly did. <laughs> there were some uh, rather unscrupulous things happening yes, back was, in those yeah. days. And so. And Perry, you'd probably probably remember that better than I would because in the 80s, I mean, I was only in yeah. elementary. <laughs> <laughs> I was a baby. Oh, I was in, my God. I was in Columbia by then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so the difference mainly on the what you guys do and 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 what Blaze? Slade. 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 I don't know why I keep Blaze. on thinking Blaze for some reason. But anyway. Yeah. Well, all right, so well, he did play does. football at Tech. Yeah. He was a Blaze back then. <laughs> he, he was a Blaze. And his brother is Cody Hodges. For those who are Tech fans, uh-huh. I mean, his yeah. brother was one of the leading passers of the air raid offense during the Mike Leach era, and I think he was, gosh, he's like number six in the nation in total yards. So Wow. We, yeah, wow. we, we, we should have to give Slade a hard time about that. They're, <laughs> twi- they're twins, by the way. So that, yeah. uh, This is how you know we're professionals, right. folks. We went from real estate to sports center <laughs> like that. Five seconds, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to tell you everything we know in about 20 minutes, so we got to fill the gap. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so that this oh, – well, okay, so – I've always wondered why it goes to the secondary market. Like, for instance, why you guys do a conventional loan and then turn around and sell it to an investment group of some sort or an investor, and it goes out, you know, like now it's no longer, that loan is no longer in-house. Can you kind of explain that to our listeners of why that happens? Because, I mean, it, it can be kind of frustrating for a buyer for that to happen. I know it doesn't happen with your guys' loans because all of yours are non-conventional in-house loans. On our investment, but, yeah. I think it goes back to that 30, most of them are getting 30-year fixed rate loans, which the bank does not want to keep in-house. 
And it benefits the borrower for sure to have yeah. a thirty year fixed rate. So And it yeah. frees up your guys' capital or your guys' we get our money back and money. go and yeah. do it again. Mm-hmm. So you can do more loans. Right. All right. And, well, it, and that it's, explains it. And, and it's hard as a buyer, you're you're frustrated going through that underwriting process and having to supply the documentation. And the paperwork. And the paperwork. <laughs> and it's basically you know, you, you've got to verify everything because it is going to the secondary market to an investor who is actually buying that loan. Yeah. And that's why we have to prove and prove up. Yeah, all and all those rights. letters of explanation mm-hmm. and, ugh. Yes. It and once it's done, you got 30 years to make your payments. You don't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the benefit of selling it off because the bank keeps it, and we're going to ask for that same information again in five years. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah, whenever you guys do your, your – uh, are they? They wouldn't necessarily be considered arms at that point, are they? Not necessarily. Our note comes due, so I mean, it could legally be called, but obviously, we want loans. So the deal is, is it's an interest rate situation, right? Yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a it it can be a complicated process, but but really and truly, it um, like like Lou was saying, I think some people get confused about just some of the the fine details of it. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard for people to to understand exactly why you have to do it the way you do it. Our underwriting is not near as, um, what's the word I'm looking for, for a secondary market. We're going to basically get a personal financial statement, tax returns, and we pull credit. You know, we're going to look at the individual property. We want, obviously want it, want it to cash flow. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty, I say it's a pretty simple process. Maybe somebody providing all that doesn't think so. but No, it's, it's actually not that bad. I mean. Yeah, you give us the information, we look at it and make a decision pretty quick. And if you have a really, if you're just getting started in this process, then it is not going to be very complicated because your financial mm-hmm. statement isn't going to be so cumbersome. You know, you're not going to have 20 or 30 properties to keep track of. You're yeah. just going to have the one or two or, or none. So, um you know, I mean, from a, a new investor type perspective, getting an in-house loan, the advantages are that some of the paperwork and some of the process is not as complicated as if they were getting that regular conventional loan on the secondary market. That is true. Yeah. Most of the time, the issue on a new person getting in the business is going to be the down payment. Secondary market, you can get in for what three percent, five percent. On investment properties, it's going to be twenty to twenty-five percent is going to be what the bank's going to want. And that process down. changes on a, on a regular basis. Sometimes it's twenty percent of the market value, twenty or appraised value, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's twenty percent of the sales price, correct? Or is it like what the we, lower? Generally, the two? on a conservative side, you're going to say the lesser of the two. Right. The lesser. So sometimes you can go get an appraisal on it for a hundred thousand dollars on a house you're paying seventy four. In the bank's mind, it's worth what you pay for it, not right. necessarily what what is appraising at. So they're going to want you're yeah. going to still want twenty percent of seventy thousand. Correct. We're going yeah. the lesser of the two because, like I said, it's it's not worth more than what in our mind it's not worth what you, it's worth well, what you pay that's, for. That's it. that's that's the rule of that's the rule of thumb when it comes to appraisals. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. That's why a lot of some of our appraisals come in. At the sales price. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to come in at above the sales price so that you have some built-in equity, but it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. And have you you guys found that appraisals um, in in recent years, has has the appraisal process or the the, the values gone up that much? You know, I think the perception is, is that they have gone up significantly, but is it as significant as maybe we think it is? You know, Mike, to, to answer that, it, 
it really comes back down to supply and demand. Yeah. You know, right now, as, as you guys know, being realtors, like, there's nothing. Yes, there's nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going through a lint out of our pockets. Yes. Well, <laughs> we're going through a transitional period where we're seeing these values increase, which in turn, the market values are increasing. Right. You know, we're seeing properties bring, you know, being valued at 150 whereas, what, three years ago? Right. Might have been $100,000 properties. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing that concerns me, and we, we've seen it back in 2008, the housing Upside bubble. Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Are we entering that phase again? I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. So, I mean, you would have thought that with a whole year of the coronavirus affecting us right. that our market values would have tanked, but it just seems like it just keeps going up and up and up exponentially. Right. I mean, I've... I've I've done property um, assessments, BPOs, and stuff like that that wind up showing a thirty four percent increase in one year to the next. Right. Well, or, you just, you, know, you just look a at a few years to the next. You look at construction also. I mean, the people that I've talked to that are in the business, whether whether it's you know residential housing or even commercial construction, the cost of lumber is yeah astronomical. They're but they're busier. These guys are busier than they've ever been. It's been yeah. crazy. It really has. And you talk about the cost of, of, of lumber. I'll just give you an example. Uh, a few days ago, I'm at a local uh, big box hardware store. I won't say which one because uh, they're not sponsoring the show. Uh, but anyway, I'm at a local big box store. Seven sixteenths, four by eight sheets of OSB. That's typically when you when you put up a new structure now, whether it's a house or even a, even a commercial thing, that's what you're sheathing the building in. You're skinning the building in OSB as opposed to plywood. That stuff was $10 a sheet two, two and a half years ago, three years ago. $35 a sheet. That is a tremendous price jump. Yeah. You know, a, a, a 92 and 5 8 stud, a two by four for you, that you, you stud a wall out with. Yeah. Six bucks. They were two dollars and twenty five cents mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mike, I yeah. tell you, I, they, they've even gone up more because I bought eight of them for a deer stand for my son <laughs> last yeah. week. Heck, they were seven ninety eight. I, 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 I about fell over, I and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And that yeah. Im- and that impacts your industry as well, because now someone comes to you, and they let's say they want, they're doing some kind of new construction. <laughs> you know, now they got to go deeper. They got to go on, on the line for even more money. You got to go on the line for more money because the cost of getting that structure built has gone up so significantly in just one year. Yeah. Well, it changes. It changes drastically too. That someone to start a home get to that point where they, okay, we need the lumber. They price it out a month ago. Now the right. price has gone up yep. 10%. Right. Yeah. So talking to my buddy in the lumber business, I mean, it's an ever-changing. Yeah. He's never seen it higher, he yeah. said. And he's been in the business 30, 35 and, years. And, and I did talk to, because we are in construction too, so I did talk right. to the lumber people as well, and they basically explained to me is that it's not so much that they can't get the lumber, it's that the, the regulations on how many hours they can operate at one time to produce the lumber is because right. of the coronavirus restrictions and they have to clean everything up every six hours. They have to sanitize everything. And, wow. you know, so that pro and they can't be full 100% staffed at any given time. So those restrictions are making it harder for them to produce the lumber and that's it's, bringing up the prices. It's putting so, tremendous stresses on the industry. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the had fires. The fires out there. Fires, you had yeah. the corona where they shut down the plants for you know, three or four months, whatever right, it was. Right. And like you so said, that, the, now they're back open, but they still have the restrictions. Well, if you so. go to your favorite lumber location today and you pick up a, a two-by-four, two-by-six, whatever, one-by-four, 
chances are it's got a tag on it that says made in Finland or made in Sweden. It's not it's not domestic lumber. We're right. importing it, and that it's of course the demand. Yeah, and, and and that pushes the price way up because mm-hmm. uh, getting it halfway around the world is expensive. Absolutely, that's an expensive yeah. process in itself. Just moving it. Right. So you know, there's a whole lot of factors that go into this. It, it's uh, you know, you're. I think you guys probably have the most complicated part of this of this process in in, uh, in in the in the construction business. It's the the lending part of it. That's that's got to be the my most tedious. Yeah, that my my main frustration is the appraisal process. Yeah, because I, it's so hard. Like, I'll get a request to do a BPO. I can't find the comps right, right. to justify sometimes the hike in these sales prices. Right. I mean, I made an offer on a house for one of my clients, and we offered $10,000 above asking price. I couldn't, I mean, he wanted to go a little bit higher, and I had to tell him, I don't think it's going to appraise for that because there's just no comps in the area. So if we offer that, yeah, we might get the deal, but then the appraiser is, the the appraisal is going to come back, and then are you going to be able to make up the difference? Right. We just had that happen with some lady. We did. There was a higher-priced home. But she put in her offer for this, and the appraisal didn't meet it. Didn't work. Didn't yeah. work, and, and the appraisal was done by a very well-respected appraiser. I mean, one of the ones that I, I feel like is one of the mm-hmm. better appraisers here in town. Right. So we've got a, a lot of good appraisers. Don't get me wrong, but she could take his values at faith, and, and right, and, yeah. good. and the comps just aren't there. I mean, until we until the this cycle of sales kicks in, and they start to sell for these prices. And a lot of the a lot of the offers that we're getting that are selling for those higher prices are cash offers, so that's kind of throwing a monkey wrench into everything, um, you know. So those those kinds of comps we can use, but that's not real true value either because they bought it for cash, so it may not be worth that. Right. <laughs> so it's just like this weird domino effect that we're seeing right now in the market. Yeah. To me, with the low rates, it's kind of like people when they go buy a car, they don't really care what the rate is. Just tell me what payment. Mm-hmm. I have so you can back right. into your payment for a house, and you can right. buy a lot more house at three percent than you can at five percent. Right. right. So right. people say, "Well, if I have to pay more, this is what payment I can afford. Let's do it." Yeah. Like, in, yeah, be, two years ago they couldn't afford a hundred fifty thousand no. dollar house. Now with the interest rates the way they are, they can, and they are, and they're looking for those types of houses, and there's just nothing on the market. Well, you've got a lot of properties, um, you know, residential and commercial, that have seen their tax valuations go up. Significantly, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, I, I think everybody thought it was going Next to go year. down, like you said, yeah. because of the corona. Yeah, but I think it's done no. exactly the opposite. The opposite. No. People are going I'm, to be shocked. Next year, Next year I'm, it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm talking to people that have seen their valuations, and I'm talking both residential and commercial properties that have seen their valuations jump. You know. Ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in one year. Oh, in one and, one single year, and it's going to get worse. I can guarantee you, it's going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, last yeah. year I paid like what twenty five thousand dollars in real estate taxes. This next year, I'm it's, I'm like it's planning be... for thirty five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start to look around, going, "Can I really afford to sell a kidney?" <laughs> Maybe. When you're right. In planning. I already went through the change, so I can't sell my ovaries. You know, if, if that was still an option. Change. Well, I'm not touching a any of this. A little too far. A little well, too far. Not, no, 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 no. Perry, you're turning red. <laughs> Doesn't Donna? take much. No, he's, he's, That's why I sat next to mine. Yeah. He, I, yeah. I, I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> 
I'm glad I'm on the end. I'm, 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 I'm safe. Didn't think we were going to go that route. Safely out of the yeah, way. No, no. Okay. What? Well, did, what exactly did we lose control of this show? I'm used here, to right? that. I'm not sure how that. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. So if you're looking for commercial about? I could sell a grandkid. Maybe no. My oh, son yeah. would kill me. But. <laughs> what were we talking about here? I don't. Uh, know. Property taxes. Property taxes and increase, but yeah. You know, as far as as a good investment, well, think about it, guys. So. Say you start buying investment property, one to four family, uh, ten years ago. I mean, it's been a pretty you good could investment get something. for you. Yeah, yeah, you could get something yeah. for twenty five thousand dollars or less. Right now, you can't even sneeze at something right. for less yeah. than fifty thousand. Yeah, and and you know, from a from a commercial standpoint too, you know, you're looking at what um, we're seeing another empty retail space fill up here in Wichita Falls, the former Brookshire Brothers Grocery Store right. on Loop Eleven. Finally, after years of being vacant, it's oh, got yeah, a, the HVAC the HVAC company or the a, HVAC. It's uh, a plumbing company, exactly. uh, plumbing supply company that's moving in. Um, I thought it was a. HVAC supply. I, it could, maybe it is, but I'm, I was told plumbing. Okay. But it's a, I you know, finally right. someone's moving into that structure. But then we, we're going to, again, you know, go back to what kind of where we started here. We're going to start to run out of those retail spaces, those big ones anyway, those big industrial spaces. Those are going to start to dry up quickly. I've already got many clients that are looking for spaces, and they just there's just nothing out there. Yeah. I mean, even Schallenberger can't keep up. Well, I, I just I, I mentioned Henry Forsham, our chamber president, a, a little while ago, and he said there's a couple of a big uh, commercial deals that we that Wichita Falls lost out on last year because our industrial park didn't have the infrastructure yet in place to support construction of a new facility there. That's coming. We're, that's in the works. But it wasn't there yet. And so those companies went to another community that had such spaces available, but the infrastructure was already in place, and it was build ready for them. So we missed out because we simply had not caught up yet on, on that end. So, you know, maybe once we get that infrastructure in place there, that's going to kick off some commercial uh, construction, hopefully, for our industrial area there. I think this next, I'm very hopeful that this next year or maybe even two years from now, we're yeah. going to see a pretty good, uh, healthy market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Simply because, I mean, there's a lot of things happening in Texas. I mean, we're getting Tesla down in Austin, and hopefully some of all of that's going to trickle up somehow. <laughs> well, and, and like you guys just said, there's a different feel in this market than what we've had in a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got some stuff going on. Yes. The guys at the chamber, man, they've done a good job. We've got stuff coming in. Yes. And, you know, the, the new schools, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's going to help us. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, you, you, both of you, about that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that, and I, and I, I don't mean to dominate the conversation here, please, but the, the, there's been a lot of talk about how these new schools are going to help attract more people to our city. From your perspective as lenders, do you see that as as strong a positive uh, effect as some people have, have sold it to be? It could be. It, it, I, it, I mean, In my opinion, Mike, yes, I, I do. Because when these manufacturers come in, new industry comes in, yeah. What do they do? They bring their people in. They mystery shop. Yeah. They, they bring the parents in and say, well, you want your kids to go to school here. Right. You know, look at that. Um, the they're shop, they're problem, shopping for the community. The only they problem are. that I think is if we don't have, if, if when these schools are ready to go online and we don't have the residential available for these 
outfits to kind of move into our town, yeah. then we're going to have a problem. Because, I mean, we're already seeing such a huge supply and demand issue. Yeah. So if in, I don't know how many years it's projected out that these are going to be finished, but if in, if in those two years or three years or however long it's going to take, we don't get the residential side of it figured out. Yeah. Well, I think they're looking at 2023. As the first first year, so we're I mean we're, every day we get a little closer to it, and uh, you know there's another there's another bond issue coming up in May for the athletic facilities for these two new schools uh, because that has to be a separate bond issue right. when they vote mm-hmm. on that, and so you know I, I think and I think when the census numbers come out guys uh, in September they're due out in mid to late September I believe they've delayed that because of coronavirus. Uh, and some other factors. But when that comes out, I think Wichita Falls has grown a little bit. I don't think we've grown by, you know, 20,000 by any stretch. But I think two or 3,000 is not an unreasonable assumption that we've grown by that much. Yep, Mike, I, I agree. I agree with you. And, and you're seeing it by looking at the area, mm-hmm. yeah. especially residential. You know, Archer City, there's not a lot of available property in Archer City. Same thing in Holiday. Right. Same thing in Iowa Park. Right. Same thing in Burke. It's like a perfect storm right now. We're in this perfect storm where a lot of people are, I mean, maybe it's because of the coronavirus too that it's happened this way, but a lot of sellers aren't coming on the market because they're afraid that they're not going to find something to replace it. it. Or they just don't want to move because of the coronavirus. So that, I think, has created a little bit of a vacuum. We We have the same amount of buyers that are wanting to move because, in general, we usually have a pretty good buyer market. But right now we have a seller's market to the extent because we have so little inventory. Yeah. But now once these once people start getting a little bit more comfortable with listing their properties, whether it's to investors that are going to be buying it or to right. you know single families that are going to be live, uh, owner occupants or whatever, um, that's going to free up a little bit of this panic or this uh you know it's going to be a domino effect right. but it's, yeah. it's just been crazy well I th- I, lou i think the future looks bright for these guys uh <laughs> i really do i mean when you when you look at the things that are ha- some of the changes that are happening and uh, the momentum is there um and like you said you know as these companies come to our city they're going to bring people with them they need houses to buy so we need, we need prepared for that yeah we need, we need we need more listings we need more houses for sale but we need more construction and i residential and commercial construction so it, it looks like it's going to be uh, some good times for you guys going down the road here yeah mike that's we you know we sure think so and, and that's why i would recommend you know for your listeners to holler at first united bank holler yeah. at perry or myself you know anything we can do to help you you know yeah. give us Assess a call the situation at the very least absolutely you know, so you can make I mean, we plan. do do the real estate but you know we're a full service bank we do lines of credit we do equipment purchases i mean right. there's we're a we're a big time bank we do all yeah. kind of lending not just the real estate vehicles but vehicles you yeah. know that yeah and i'd um, like to mention you know, a lot a lot of people in wichita falls that you know they have never heard of first united bank yeah. And you know where are you guys located yeah. at? Yeah, so <coughs> we're located over in Parker Square, across uh-huh. from Jason's Deli. Yeah, uh, the bank My is favorite. 115 years old, uh, very strong in capital. We're about a billion five in assets. A lot of people didn't realize wow. that. We have 15 locations, yeah. uh, primarily through Wichita Falls back west. Yeah, um, you know we can we can service all your all your banking needs. That's great. That's great. So you're you're there, and it doesn't cost you anything to go talk to these guys, no, and just and like you said, assess the situation, find out what they can do for you. If you have investment properties that you already have, and you want to yeah. get a little bit of the capital out of or the equity right. out of it, or right. you want to refinance to get a better interest rate or whatever, right. 
You guys are. We, we do that we also. Do yeah, if yeah. you want to use the equity in one property to buy another property. Yeah. Yeah, holler at us. Yeah. That's, that's a smart way to do it, too. I mean, you know, you can. You know, le- leverage what you've already got. I try. As long as you don't leverage leverage too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah. You know, yeah, within, reason, within reason. Within reason. Within reason. Go. Yes. Yes. But that's uh, our yeah. job to keep you within reason. Exactly. Well, uh, that's that's why you guys are the professionals in this business. You can tell people. Okay. Look, uh, that's a bridge too far. We're not going there. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, that's our job. We're we're here to help you and to protect you. Right. We don't want to get you in that situation right. where you well, shouldn't be. Well, you want you want that investor or that 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 uh, commercial client or or homeowner or whoever you you want them to be able to make money down the road on what they do, and you want to make money. Absolutely. So it's to everyone's benefit that everything's done in a very efficient uh, way and 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 a, very, and a smart way. Smart way. That's, that's the thing, you know, doing things smartly. You right. you know, work smarter, not harder. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite motto. It is. Um, and then the, uh, oh my gosh, my brain just went completely. Phew. I saw it. Perry, take off. <laughs> 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 Go for it. Um, when it comes to when it comes to uh, refinancing and stuff like that, the um, the process is going to be very similar to. When they first got the loan, correct? I mean, it's it all starts with us with getting yeah. the financials, right. the tax returns, information on the property, obviously uh-huh. what you owe, you know what you're looking to refinance, appraisals, valuations come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, right. I say it's a pretty simple process when compared to the owner occupied. Yep. But yeah. you know, it's we'll, a little we'll bit simpler them. too because you guys don't always order full-blown appraisals right. more something most you know is there like on a the cap? loan amount yeah. yeah i mean we generally 100 150 less we can do an internal saves a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah um try to make the process more simple yeah mm-hmm. well the, well, the fir- foreclosures the- nowadays oh. I, I mean i do fannie mae i do fannie mae foreclosures and i haven't seen a single well one in the whole entire coronavirus yeah. time frame so do you think that Opening up all of these foreclosures is because I mean a lot of investors are kind of waiting for that to happen yeah. for the foreclosures to start coming on the market so that they can purchase them. So you might yeah. see more of an influx from investors yeah. in that sense once the foreclosures. Yeah, yeah with all the government online. money, I guess helping these people pay their, I guess pay some of the rent or some of the rent forgiveness. Yeah. That's going to play. It's going to be interesting to see how that all yeah. plays out. If they yeah. do mortgage forgiveness, I mean, we're yeah. all s- yeah. <laughs> Well, the first step in any of this process is to pick up the phone and make a call and make an appointment to come in and talk with you guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can call either Perry and I at First United Bank. Our number is 322-9900, or just stop by. Stop by and see us, man. Doors is always open. Uh, Glad to see you. Yeah. <laughs> nine yeah. to five, well, Monday through Friday. Actually, seven to five. So seven yeah. to five. Yeah. Oh my god! The bank hours are nine to five, but yeah. very nice. Don't force nine your nine way in after five. That yeah. would not be legal. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> well, guys, thanks very much for being with us. Yeah, well, you thanks guys. for having thank us. Thank you for joining us. Thank it you was all. exciting. All right. We'll see you next next time for another edition of Strategic Moves with Lou. We'll see you then.